welcome to Scotland's Coefficient Podcast, the podcast about Scottish football teams in European competition. Welcome to the new season of Scotland's Coefficient Podcast, the podcast with a neutral and non-biased analysis and support of all of Scottish football teams in European competition. This is episode one, titled What is a Scotland's Coefficient? My thanks go to the wee lassie that doesn't know how to flush the toilet after she's done her shit. Thanks for introducing the podcast and I hope you and the family are all well. My name is Gavin and I run the Scotland's Coefficient Twitter page, at Scotland's Coef1, currently with 17,000 followers. My genuine thanks go to Neil, who started the page during Covid, but just couldn't find the time to keep it going, and so I took it over this year. Every Sunday on the Twitter page, I'll post a plan of what's coming the following week, and if there's going to be a podcast that week, I'll mention it on the post. As an aside... My apologies if you view Twitter on an iPhone, as I've just discovered this week that it looks like the posts have been formatted by a blind guy. The posts end up with pictures randomly in the middle of sentences and random letters in bolder italics. I edit most of the posts on a laptop, and they look great, but once posted, they apparently look like they've been mashed together with E.T.'s big slimy fingers. But anyway, let's get started. This week's episode is a simple 20-minute introduction to the coefficient aimed especially at the 5,000 new followers we've gained in the last couple of weeks. There are three UEFA football coefficients I'll talk about. Remember, Scotland national team ranking does not affect club or country coefficients at all. That's only used for the national team to decide what pots they are in for draws. I'll post about the Scotland national team during international breaks, but it's not the main focus of the page. The main focus is the three UEFA coefficients. One, the country coefficient, the most important coefficient, it's where we as a league rank. Number two, the five-year club coefficient. Overall to the league, it's not as important, but for the individual clubs it's important as it decides what pots and seedings the clubs get in qualifying draws. Lastly, the 10-year club coefficient. This is the least important as it's not used to decide pots or seedings, and is only used to distribute group stage prize money to the clubs. The reason why it's so interesting and topical in Scottish football is on a year-to-year basis, the rewards for our top five clubs can vary massively depending on where the coefficient is. We are in a constant fight to either get into or stay in the top ten, and we've never been higher than ninth. Whereas to English and Spanish football fans, for example, they won't really care about the coefficient if they even know what it is, as they know that they're always going to be a top four league, and so they're always going to have four, and likely soon to be five, clubs straight into the Champions League group stages with no qualifiers. So it's the middle-ranking countries like Scotland, Turkey, Austria, Switzerland, Serbia, Norway, Denmark, that they'll all have a keen interest in the coefficient, and who will always be our main rivals for points. It's shit that in modern football, the Champions League is dominated by all the same top countries, whereas a lot of the aforementioned nations can go seasons on end without having any clubs in the Champions League. 
but it's the system that we've got and it's the one that we have to try and improve ourselves in. It's kind of similar to supporting an SPFL club fighting for top six or to avoid relegation. It's shit that it's always the same top two clubs winning the league, but when the top two play your rivals in the league, you want them to win to improve your own chances. So whenever the top leagues play against one of our rival countries, it's in our interest that the middle-ranked leagues get pumped and the top leagues just pull further ahead. So the first coefficient, the country coefficient. This is the sum of the country coefficient points earned by all of our clubs that have been in Europe over the last five years. This is the coefficient where we're all on the same team. Now, don't get me wrong, I know we're not actually on the same team. I know that when Hibs and Hearts played at the same time last Thursday, both sets of fans probably wanted the other team to get pumped. Or on Rangers' run to the Europa League final, probably 99% of Celtic fans watching would be screaming, Somebody mark that bastard! every time Tavernier slid in at the back post to score. I get that, and I know it would be the exact same with the roles reversed. So if you're not on the same team, that's fine, but at least think of it as a silver lining if your rival does well. So if there's any Hibs fans that were gutted when Hearts beat Rosenberg, just think, if Hibs win the Scottish Cup or finish third next season, Hearts win over Rosenberg could be the difference between that meaning guaranteed group stage football or not. Similarly, for the Celtic fans that hated watching Rangers' Europa League run, Celtic then went on to win the title the following season, which meant guaranteed group stage in the Champions League. They would have had qualifiers without the help of the points that their rivals picked up the previous season. So you could say that they had the last laugh there. So the country coefficient is a five-year rolling coefficient, which means every year the oldest of the last five years falls off. It includes the current season, so this season, our five years are from 1920 to 23-24. Next year, it'll be from 2021 to 24-25. This is bad news for us as season 1920 falls off, which is our best season in the last five years. That's the year Rangers were undefeated in eight qualifying matches. They beat Porto and Feyenoord in the groups and they beat Braga in the last 32. Celtic also beat Lazio twice, they beat Rennes and Cluj to make it out of the groups. Even Aberdeen won three and drew one qualifying game. And without those Aberdeen points, Scotland wouldn't have got the automatic Champions League place for our champions the following season. Interestingly, 2019-20, we scored more points for Scotland's coefficient than the season Rangers made it all the way to the Europa League final. This just highlights how important it is that all the teams contribute as that's when we have our highest points tallies. So how do you earn coefficient points? Well, you get two coefficient points for a win and one point for a draw in any of the three competitions group stages. Points are all worth the same, but these points are halved in qualifying rounds, so only one point for a win and 0.5 for a draw. These points are then divided by the number of teams you have in Europe, which is five for Scotland. So a group stage win is worth 2 points divided by 5 teams, which equals 0.4 points. And a qualifying round win is worth half of that, which is 1 point divided by 5 teams equals 0.2 points added to the country coefficient. So for example, Hibs have won 2 and drawn 1 qualifying round, so they have added 0.5 points to the country coefficient. As well as points for wins and draws, there are bonus points available. For example, there's four bonus points for reaching the Champions League group stages only. There's no bonus for reaching the groups of the other two competitions. 
Those four points divided by five teams equals 0.8 points added to Scotland's coefficient. So Celtic, as champions, are already in the group stage and therefore they've already, so far, contributed the most to this season's coefficient at 0.8 points. Both Rangers and Celtic earned the 0.8 bonus points last season. There are also bonus points for reaching the last 16 of all three competitions and for progressing through the knockout rounds. To keep it simple, I won't go into the detail on these progression bonus points until we've actually started the group stage, but just as a high-level number, the maximum amount of points available for winning the Champions League, including winning every game in the tournament, is 38 points. It's a max of 34 for the Europa League and a max of 30 points for the Conference League. So that's how you get the points, by winning and drawing games, and then bonus points for progressing further in the tournament. There is also prize money available for winning and drawing group stage games, roughly £2.5 million for each win in the Champions League. You get less than £5 million for winning all three domestic trophies in Scotland. So if Celtic were to win just two Champions League group games, they would get more prize money than they did for winning a domestic treble. This highlights firstly how low the prize money is in Scottish football, but also how vitally important European money is for all of our clubs that make it into Europe. Once the group stage teams are finished, I'll do a separate podcast going into detail on the extra revenue clubs can expect to make by playing in Europe. But how does the coefficient actually work in terms of awarding European places? At the start of every season, the clubs obviously all need to know what European places they are playing for as prizes at the end of that season. That's why the European places awarded at the end of any given season are already known and the country ranking is locked in. So the season we have just started, the clubs all know that if they win the league, they are directly into the Champions League, and if they win the Scottish Cup, they are guaranteed at least Conference League football. We don't yet know what the Champions next season will get. That won't be known until the end of this season. This is probably the most confusing point when people try to visualise the coefficient. So think about season 21-22, when Rangers made the Europa League final in Seville. After that game, the European season ended and Scotland finished ninth in the coefficient table. That meant that for the following season, the clubs all knew what prizes they'd be playing for, i.e. the champions knew that they'd be straight into the Champions League groups and the cup winners knew they'd be guaranteed at least Conference League group stage football. We then had a disastrous season last season, with Hearts the only team to win any group stage games, Rangers only had two qualifying wins and one draw, and Celtic only had two group stage draws. That was our worst season in a long time, and indeed we were the 29th best performing nation, behind Azerbaijan, Moldova, and even Russia, who were banned from playing. While banned, Russia are awarded the lowest points tally of their last five years every year, which is 4.3 points, and we only gathered 3.5 points. However, due to the other four years being relatively good, we managed to keep 9th place at the end of last season. That meant the club started this season knowing that we are still 9th and so our champions this season will be straight into the brand new Champions League stages next season. Episode 3 of the podcast will explain how the new tournament will work. So now we're into this season, 2023-24. We are currently 9th with 31.65 country coefficient points. But this ranking will change over the course of the season, with Austria, Switzerland and especially Turkey all right behind us trying to break into the top 10. 
Wherever we end this season, and hopefully it will still be top 10, if not 9th, will then dictate what European places are awarded at the end of next season, with the games being played the following season. The start of next season is where it begins to get messy for Scotland. We lose our best season from the five-year rolling coefficient, and so as it stands we will start in 15th place. If we were to finish next season 15th, this would come with many implications, mainly that none of our clubs would be guaranteed group stage football, whereas currently we have three clubs guaranteed group stage. Next season will be the first real threat to our top 10 spot that we've had for a few years. However, we could and hopefully will still have a great season, and if we outperform all the nations around us, then we have a chance of starting next season closer to the top 10 than 15th. To keep up our high ranking though, we really do need two good seasons in a row. If we had repeats of last season, then unfortunately we'd no longer be in the top 10 fight next season, and instead we'd be fighting to even keep top 15. So that's the first and most important coefficient done, the country coefficient. The most common complaint of this coefficient is that people think it works too far into the future, as it seems like it works two seasons ahead. But hopefully now most people will understand that actually how we end this season in the coefficient rankings affects what European places we'll have at the end of next season. So it's not really working too far into the future. The second of the three coefficients is the five-year club coefficient. This is not as important as the country coefficient, but it's very important to each individual club as how high a club's coefficient is affects how high they will be in the seedings for qualifying draws, which four of our five clubs had to play in this season. The reason I say the country coefficient is more important than the club coefficient is take Rangers, for example. They have a great club coefficient and are the 29th highest ranked team in Europe. But if the country coefficient drops out of the top 10 or even the top 15, then it doesn't matter what their club coefficient is, they will still have more qualifiers to navigate and they would go from this season scenario where they've guaranteed Europa League group stage football to having no group stage football guaranteed if they lost all their qualifiers. Similarly, if Rangers won the league and had a high club coefficient, but the country coefficient is no longer top 10, then it doesn't matter. Scotland's champions would no longer have guaranteed group stage football, and so they'd have qualifiers to try and make it. So although the fans of each club will like to see their club coefficient, and I will update this weekly during the group stages, the Twitter page is much more interested in the country coefficient and how all our teams do as a whole. The way the club coefficient is calculated is it's the sum total of that club's previous five seasons or 20% of its country's five season coefficient, whichever is higher. So take both Hibs and Hearts for example. This year their club coefficient is lower than 20% of Scotland's five year coefficient. So they use that rather than their own club coefficient when it comes to seedings. It's the same for Newcastle in England. They have no five year history in Europe so their coefficient for the seedings will only be 20% of England's five-year coefficient. This is why they are a pot four Champions League team, when really any club that finished top four in England is of pot one or pot two quality. The difference between club coefficient and country coefficient is you're competing on your own, and so you don't divide your points by the number of teams in your country. So a group stage win is worth the whole two points to your club coefficient, but it's divided by 5, so only worth 0.4 points to the country coefficient. 
So naturally, your club coefficient will always be a much higher number than the country coefficient. This is again where a lot of people get confused when they see coefficient online and for example they see Rangers club coefficient is 52 points, which by the way is brilliant, and Celtic's club coefficient is only 29. People deduce from that that Rangers must have added 23 more points to the country coefficient than Celtic. But that's not true as the country coefficient is divided by 5. So where there's a 23-point gap between our top two clubs' club coefficient, for the country coefficient, it's more like a 5-point gap, with Rangers contributing roughly 15 points to Scotland's approximately 30 points and Celtic contributing roughly 10 points, with the other 5 or so points coming from Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, St Johnston, everyone that's played in Europe over the last five years. So the country coefficient genuinely does depend on everybody's performance. The last point to note is that the club coefficient differs from country and that the wins and the draws in the qualifying rounds don't count towards your club coefficient, but they do count towards the country. So last season, Celtic had a higher club coefficient than Rangers because they had two group stage draws and Rangers had none, but Rangers contributed more to the country coefficient because their two wins and their one draw in qualifying count towards the country coefficient. As mentioned before, the most important for us is the country coefficient, so it's kind of a double-edged sword. When we get high enough in the leagues that our champions don't have to play any qualifiers, yeah, that's great, they're straight into the group stages and all the money that comes with that. But if they then have a bad season and don't pick up any wins in the groups, as happened to Celtic last year, then the country coefficient takes a big hit as the champions have no qualifying round wins to add to the total. And then with a couple of years poor performance, you can quickly fall back out the top 10 leagues. The last and the least important of the three coefficient is the 10-year club coefficient. It's the same as the previously mentioned 5-year club coefficient, except it's calculated over a rolling 10 years. This is purely used to determine how much money each club gets in the group stages through the coefficient payment. Skeptics say it's a way to keep more of the money in the biggest leagues. So in the Champions League, for example, each place you go up in the rankings of the 32 teams is worth about an extra 1.1 million euros. So Real Madrid, as the number one team in the 10-year coefficient, will get an extra roughly 36 million euros. And whoever's the lowest ranked of the 32 teams will only get an extra 1.1 million euros. So it's slightly complicated here, but I'll try and make it simple. In Scotland, Celtic have a lower 5-year but a higher 10-year coefficient than Rangers due to Rangers being out of Europe for 5 years. So if Rangers get past PSV and reach the Champions League, they'll be in a higher pot than Celtic because that's decided on 5-year coefficient but they'll receive less money than Celtic because that's decided on 10-year coefficient and that's even if Rangers had been champions last season. As an aside, next season will be the last season where Celtic are above Rangers in the 10-year coefficient. As it stands, Rangers will start to go ahead of Celtic with the gap getting bigger as the years go on because more of Celtic's performances when Rangers weren't in Europe start to fall off their 10-year coefficient. There's also market pool payments that get split between clubs from the same countries in the same tournament, with 55% going to the champions, but I'll go into that in detail when I do episode 2, which will be a finances podcast. So like the posts on the Twitter page, this podcast is free to listen to, and I'll try to keep up posting as much information and producing as many podcasts as I can for as long as I can. 
However, each post and each chart and each podcast that I make takes hours of my time up every week. I have to fit it around my normal life where I work shifts in a full-time job and I have a fiancé and a young baby. I know what you're thinking. How is this absolute poindexter that sits at home and enjoys calculating coefficient points and making spreadsheets? How has he got a fiancé? You're probably thinking she must be blind. Maybe it's her that's formatting the Twitter posts, just throwing pictures randomly into sentences. But anyway... The work takes a lot of time, and if you'd like to support me in my efforts to keep the page and the podcast going, then please do. If you saw me writing these podcasts in a coffee shop and then would offer to buy me a coffee, then you can. As a thank you for the work that I do, you can chuck me three quid through the coffee donation page. The link will be in the podcast description, and it's in the link tree on the Twitter page. Genuinely, any tips I get are really greatly appreciated. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate if you could subscribe to it and leave the podcast a five-star rating and a positive review. This apparently helps share the podcast to new listeners. Similarly, the page is now across all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, and the links to these are in the Twitter page link tree. So please follow all the social media accounts and share the post with your mates. So that's the coefficient explained as best I can. If there's anything unclear, or you've any questions, or you spot any mistakes, then please drop me a comment or a message on Twitter, and I'll get back to you that day if I can. Thanks very much for listening to me. Episode 2 will be a podcast after the group stage is finalised, explaining how much money each team can expect to earn in Europe. Episode 3 will be an explanation of the new European League system, being introduced for all three tournaments as of next season. I hope you enjoyed it, look after yourself, and up the coefficient. Thanks for listening to Scotland's Coefficient Podcast, the podcast about Scotland's football teams in European competition. Join us next time for more detailed analysis and all things Scotland's coefficients. Coefficient.